But the reality is we're human. And when we're on social media and we're only seeing the highlight reel, when something human pops up, something relatable, something vulnerable, that builds trust. Then what I have to do is offer them something that has a high enough perceived value to overcome their desire to not get pitched or spammed or bothered or annoyed. I have to go on a gut level first and foremost. What sells me? How do we take some of the repetitive, quote unquote, bureaucratic tasks out of the hands of the rep and automate those to free up time for them to, to spend selling? How can we create a place where it's positive, where there's nothing but motivation, education, and inspiration? And how can we do it consistently? Five, four, three, two, one. Welcome, everybody, and thank you once again for joining us here on the Digital Selling Secrets podcast, Digital Selling Secrets and Leadership. And once again, we have a fantastic guest for us, uh, for all of you today. And before we get into that, we're going to just introduce uh, our co-host, Gary Dennis. Hello, everyone. Hope uh, you're having a great week and weekend. Um, we're here on a Saturday. Just, I mean, what, what, a, what a better way to spend a Saturday than having a cool conversation with a great guest amen brother and uh me jerry money corrode and uh i want to introduce everybody to our guests miss carrie bowling hi everybody great to be here appreciate you having me on thank you very much and before we get started folks just want to have a really quick shout out for a sponsor hey gary if you would please uh Absolutely. Um, first sponsor, if you want a free copy of B2B Digital Selling Secrets, go to B2B Digital Selling Secrets.com. That's the number two B2B. And uh, if you want a copy of it on Amazon, if you want to spend some money on it and not get it free, um, of course, you do have to pay for shipping. But if you want to spend some more money on it just because you don't like free stuff, go to Amazon. Uh, it was Amazon bestseller and uh, talks a lot about digital selling in a B2B environment. So if you're selling uh, $1 widgets, probably not the best book for you. But if you're looking to close multi-million dollar deals and leverage technology to do it, it's a great book for you. Also, other sponsor, uh, Axon Optics. If you have ocular migraines from staring at a computer too long, get, get you a pair of these. They've been a, a lifesaver over the past six to eight months for me. So um, that's it from our sponsors. Thank you, Gary. And today we're gonna to be talking about mindset for success. And once again, our guest is Carrie Bowling. And Carrie, if you just uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, please. Yeah, so I started my entrepreneurial journey fairly young um, as I was about to graduate college in Wisconsin, had two liberal studies degrees, hadn't really considered entrepreneurship until I had that real gut check of like, what is the traditional path gonna create? What's it gonna yield? What type of lifestyle and options is it gonna give me? So I think it, it was a good juncture in my journey of assessing the future. And I just realized entrepreneurship could be a really cool tool, um, especially more through moderate entrepreneurship, which is the route I went. So I actually more started as a side hustler, um, got a job in the teaching sector, built my businesses, you know, five to nine and some weekends and really scaled those over time to the point where in my mid twenties, I was able to make the full, full conversion to um, business owner and not have to work traditional anymore. So since then we've scaled a number of different businesses and started a nonprofit, wrote a book, uh, started our own podcast. Um, and my husband and I, we really build all our, all our businesses 50, 50. So it's been a very cool family adventure for us over the last 15 years. 
That's amazing. That's really amazing to hear. I mean, that's something that all of us, uh, most of our listeners uh, strive to, whether it's working really well on the sales side at a traditional job or on the entrepreneur side, uh, entrepreneur side, but it's that scaling that we're looking for. And it's really awesome to hear you were able to do that. So thank you for sharing that with us. Yeah. 15 years. Wow. Um, and yeah, I, I'm looking forward to this conversation because you got a couple of different schools of thought. Some people say, Hey, keep your main job, get the cash flow coming in, then invest in a side hustle. And, and others say, Hey, burn the ships. If you want to take the island, burn the ships, right? And uh, just go all in and put it all out there. So kind of kind of curious how uh, what, what your thoughts are around that. But um, I have a lot of thoughts on that. And I, I respect both approaches. I really do. For us, though, we didn't have a lot of capital. We didn't want to take on a lot of risk and we didn't have a lot of expertise. So like going all in on like a startup or a full-time business just wasn't like a practical option for us. Um, so we're, we're big proponents of like, take a moderate approach, um, do something that you can really incrementally build, have a good career. But over time, as you progressively scale, it just gives you a lot more lifestyle choices. And um, we believe a better opportunity to really create long-term growth because you can make practical decisions for your business, not sort of in the moment, how do I get the most money or acquire the most funding? It's, it's just a little bit more of a um, anchored approach to building something for the long haul. And a lot of people will say, you know, find your passion and create a business out of it. And I, I love that, but we didn't do that. We said, let's do something practical, efficient, and effective. And as we grow results, as we build a network, as we grow skills and capital and influence, then focus more on the passion project. So we sort of did the inverted way than I think most people are taught. And it's, it served us very well. So, so by saying that, I mean, you know, that's kind of our main topic today is that mindset for success. What was that mindset that you guys kept to keep you going forward? You know, a lot of people, they're like, you know, they, they do it for six months, a year. Like, I, I, I can't keep doing this. I need to go get an, uh, a job or uh, I have my job. I'm just going to focus on that. I can't do this anymore. How did you keep that, maintain that mind, mindset? It's so, it's such a good question. I think expectations is huge. Entrepreneurship is glamorized. I mean, you look at social media and like everybody's an entrepreneur and everybody's doing really well and it's really easy and sexy and glamorous, but like entrepreneurship is hard and it's arduous and it's an endurance run, not a sprint for most people. So I think being really prepared mentally and emotionally for what that was going to look like was important. The other facet is just putting all the blinders on because it's so easy to get distracted by the next shiny thing. Sure. And, and not, not that re-strategizing isn't important or sometimes you have to pivot and make changes, but just being pretty focused and unwilling to open the other hundred doors that you have access to <laughs> and anchoring down in what you're working to build to even give it a shot. Um, and then the big thing too, is just finding the association of other people who can support your journey because fighting for your own independence through running a business doesn't have to come at the cost of community. And what we've found, this is a huge aspect of our book is it's so much less about the what, the vehicle or the product 
It's so much more about the who. Who are you accessing to help keep you accountable, to help give you stronger thought process? Who's already done what you're looking to do and how can you really acquire their thinking and mindset so that you can effectively build a business? Because frankly, most people don't. Most people fail at building building a company. Why do you why do you say that, or what, what would you say is the reason why they fail? I mean, we know all the statistics, you know, 90% of businesses fail in the first three. And we, both Gary and I have MBAs. It doesn't mean anything. It just means that we went to school a little bit longer. You, <laughs> you learn all these stats, all it, but it doesn't tell you what's the real mindset behind that. Would you be able to dig into that? Yeah. I mean, and this is just my opinion, but I think sure. most people are raised with more of an employee mentality. And the mindset has to shift if you're going to try and build a business. And I would be curious from your perspective, getting an MBA, from what I hear from peers is that a lot of times in an MBA program, you're more learning how to work for somebody else's business versus purely entrepreneurial mindset. Um, is that, was that your experience or? Oh, most definitely for me. I can tell you that you, I learned all these skills where, or I shouldn't say skills, case studies is a better way to put it. I had to develop my own skills mm-hmm. and I'm sure Gary could attest to that but you learn a lot about how things happened in various large large corporations and there was very little about what I could do today to to start my own business and and uh, and I, I didn't take my MBA for that reason I, I took it because I was working for a large corporation at that time and uh, and it helped me advance my career there and I'm not saying it's a bad thing for anybody what I'm saying though is to your point exactly, it is about how you can fit in within a larger giant corporation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Carrie, I, I really like the, the systematic way that you're looking at starting and growing a business um, because there's so many different philosophies and, you know, quote, quote, for, you know, philosophies out there around starting a business. If you listen to Gary V and, um, and, you know, he has some very inspirational stuff, but I think his audience is more geared towards people that don't have families, that don't have careers, that people in their early twenties that, you know, they can live at home with their parents and they could just, they could just go all in on, um, on a passion project versus if you're in a career, you have a family and you do eventually want to have your own business. You, you have to take a more structured approach and you have to be really good at your current job that you have so you have the money coming in to do some things on the side. Um, you know, everybody does different things on the weekends and on the side, but for entrepreneurs, what they enjoy doing is business stuff on the side. And um, so I really like what you're describing there. And as far as the MBAs go, absolutely. I mean, I was fortunate at university of Houston that they, they do have classes that are geared towards entrepreneurship if you take them. And um, I took more classes around sales, sales leadership, because that was my passion. That was my focus. And I figured it would apply towards, towards uh, you know, whether it's entrepreneurial or working for a company. But uh, you've made some really good points so far about just getting started. I mean, let's, 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 peel that, let's peel that onion back a little bit more. And so let's say you have somebody that's, they haven't started a business yet, but they're in a miserable situation within their company. Um, they're making good money, but they're just unhappy and they're thinking about starting a business to, to bring some happiness to them and their family. What would be the first steps that you, that you would recommend? So the way we teach people is take a step back. Let's look at the life vision. 
what's that, like, where do you actually want to get to? What does that look? What type of lifestyle, what type of travel or impact or family time do you want to have? Because once you've identified that, then go find people who have done it and, and take their help reverse engineering a plan on, on what the vehicle has to be then to build out and into that space. And so the life vision is, is really the beginning in our opinion. And, and the other area to really think about is how do you get your, your life set in order? How do you get your foundation in place? So in that example, I would recommend someone change jobs so they're not completely miserable. Get a job where you can be like somewhat happy, maybe not too comfortable, but like paid well for your skills. Um, you're not working 60, 70 hours a week. You're working 40, 45, because that time, if you're a business owner outside of your job is so stinking precious, um, there's a different opportunity cost on your time when you're working that many more hours than what you're getting paid for. Um, and really figuring out like what, what can you build? Because people talk a big game, you know, people talk a lot about, oh, I'm going to do real estate. And it's like, well, how many, how much investment property do you need to have to get you to that life vision? And is that something you can start next month or 10 years from now? And just being really honest. And so we're, we're big advocates for plug and play platforms or systems that already exist. And there's so many out there, whether it's a franchise, whether it's independent franchising, whether it's um, you know, leveraging an agency that already exists or network marketing, affiliate marketing, drop shipping. You know, in this day and age, you don't have to come up with this big, brilliant idea or novel product and then have to systematize it anyways. You can utilize things that are already in place and working pretty well, especially for your first business. And we were believers, like our first business didn't have to be our last business. It can really convert into a lot of other different, more passion focused um, entities down the road. But um, I think those would be some things that I would leverage in terms of thought process if I was sort of new to that space and trying to get my life in a position to like really help support building something outside of it. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And, and it getting, I think getting started is so important. I mean, especially if you're not sure what you want to do and I mean, just start, just get started and you're going to get more ideas as you get going. I mean, put some planning in place, like you've described Carrie, but then ultimately just get out there and do something just, you know, maybe it's doing drop shipping. Maybe it's using some of the tools out there to build websites that are, I mean, there's so many different great tools out there, click funnels mm -hmm. and Wix and WordPress and, and they're pretty straightforward. Um, and you could really test an idea uh, pretty easily uh, with the way the market is right now, social media and digital selling. Um, yeah. I think that's a good point. It's like someone wants to start a full-time catering business, like start with a food cart, start, you know, doing some part-time catering in your area. I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with taking a little bit of like baby steps to figure out what works. And if you're willing to do the work, finding out that is important. <laughs> Absolutely. 